No, dementia is one of the biggest, very huge problem today in the world. There are 50 million people in the world who suffer from dementia, from Alzheimer's. And they say that in 2050, will, the number will triple, will be 150 million. Hmm. Now, in, in, a, in England, a group of uh, uh, scientists were able to put together a whole system how they can figure out which people are going to suffer from dementia 14 years before that, hmm. before they get to dementia. The whole uh, system, it's a um, high blood pressure and sugar and, uh, and blood sugar and all of these things. They interviewed a big, um, um, a big uh, scientist who is, in, 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 is searching the brain and studying about that in Israel. His name is Yoval, Yoram Yoval, a very famous one. And they asked him, based on this study, what are you suggesting? And he, sa he says, I think we can avoid dementia altogether. They asked him, from everyone? I don't. He said, everyone is a very big vote. <laughs> but he says, most of the people can avoid dementia. He said, when it starts, it's too late. You have to do it before that. And he says, what do you mean? Well, what do you do? He says, I'll tell you. That might be a dirty word. But it's not enough to play memory games and doing things like this. Say you have to be involved of the zest of life. You do not retire. You continue to walk. Continuing to walk will keep you stressed and sharp and dealing with people, and that's what you need to know mm. to keep them from dementia. He says, says, this is, and they ask him, you're 65. He says, I'm not even dreaming about, uh, about retiring. He says, first of all, I have younger girls. It's a second marriage band, whatever. But he says, I will not even dream about that. And he said, it doesn't mean you have to work in the same job. But he, he gave an interesting example. He said, well, you can become a gabbai of a synagogue. He <laughs> says, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can volunteer uh, helping children uh, in, in their learning um, and they have uh, problems. But he says, but it's not like volunteering an hour a week. You have 50% of your time you have to be invested. You have to invest it all the way, like really getting upset and getting walking. He says, this is the only, he says, the mind is like a muscle. Use it or lose it. People retire, they stop working, they stop thinking, they stop getting stressed, they start, they're not so involved. And little by little, it's something that has to go down. Now this, if anybody ever talked to me, I just, the other day, I met a doctor, a doctor that he has a problem, a physical problem. He tells me, you remember when you told me when you, when you met me, when I told you the, the story? I told him, no. You jumped on me and you tell me, don't retire. As he told me that. And he, and he, says, he, didn't, he says, I didn't tell you that I want to retire, but that was in my mind. And you just, just came out of your mouth. Because mm. the Rebbe was very strong on not retiring. One of the most famous stories was a chief rabbi of Romania in the 60s, by the communists. He walked with them. He came to New York. He came to the rabbis. He had the audience with the rabbis. I was talking. He said he, wants to, he was 60. He wanted to retire. I told him, you're not retiring. Forget about it. You didn't need you there. He came in the 70s. At that time, he was 70 years old. And he says, the rabbi tells him, I hear you bought an apartment in Israel. <laughs> he was shocked. Nobody knew about it. The rabbi already heard about it. The rabbi knew what it means. He wants to retire. The rabbi told him, 
not a time. He says, Rebbe, when I will relax? Rebbe told him, when you come to my age, Rebbe was 10 years older than him. Hmm. In my age. <laughs> he, was the, he was 17, the Rebbe was 80. Another 10 years passed. He came a mo- three months before the Rebbe had the stock. The Rebbe was almost 90. He was, um, he was 80. The Rebbe told him, you're not retiring. He was there in Romania when he was sick. He, before he died, he came to Israel. And that was the Rebbe to every person. And again, it doesn't mean you have to do the same job, but you have to work, you have to be involved. Why, why I'm taking up, talking about dementia and, and Rosh Hashanah? Because Rosh Hashanah, one of the names of Rosh Hashanah is a day of remembrance. In the Bible, it's written, Zichron Trua, remembering the blowing of the shofar. Basically, and we call the day Yom HaZikaron. We say in the prayers, Mekadesh Israel, when we say Kiddush, you know, like Shabbat, you say Mekadesh HaShabbat, you say Mekadesh Israel, the Yom HaZikaron, the Day of Remembrance. In the prayers, we call it the Day of Remembrance. Mm-hmm. And God says, the, the Talmud says, that the person should, we should say prayers of remembrance to God. We should ask God to remember us. Why? This is the day God, we ask God to remember us for good. Then there is a prayer, they say one of the things to also to remember, to help to remember, remembering, is to learn a new language. Because it's hard, it's challenging to learn a new language. I have a better idea. How about learning Torah? <laughs> <laughs> Some Torah can only help. Learn new Torah, new text. You learn, you get out. Then in the Amidah of the, of the Musaf from Rosh Hashanah, there is 10 verses quotes from the Bible, speaks about 10 different incidents almost of remembering. The first one is about the story of Noah. But the rabbis chose only verses about remembering positive verses, not negative, God remembered somebody to, to, and, and something bad happened to him. Only good stories. And the first story is not even about the Jews, it's about humanity. Noah was in the ark. He was already in the ark 150 days. You need to understand the flood was only 40 days. But after the 40 days, the water was so high that they were flooding around in the ark. And Noah, with his wife, with his kids, eight people, are locked in the ark with an old zoo, all types of animals. They were to take care of all the animals. One big zoo locked up in a, in a boat. And the blood is flooding and moving up. And it was a nightmare. Noah prayed to God. And God remembered Noah. And the water started to sink, to go down a little bit, little bit. Took him another 150 days until he got out of the ark. Almost a year. He was in the ark. But this point was the point that things started to go down. It was the beginning of, of coming out from the ark. The God said, it's written in the Bible, and God remembered Noah and his wife and his children, and, he, and, the, and the water started to go down. That's the first story we mentioned in the, in, the, in the prayer from the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's like this three, three verses from the Bible, three verses from the book of Psalms, and three verses from the prophet, that's nine, and the number 10 is again from the Bible, from the five books of Moses. It's 10 verses. Second story is about the Exodus from Egypt, from the book of Exodus. It's written the Jewish people were crying out to God. They were, they were slaves. They were, they were, they, they, uh, I mean, Pharaoh threw the babies into the river and things like this. They cried out to God, and God remembered the Jewish people and remembered the covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The next line is, 
the story of the burning bush. Our God sees Moses, and tells Moses, go, take the Jews out of Egypt. That again, it's a positive story, how we remember, we ask God, remember us basically, just like remember the people in Egypt, remember us too. Then there is three verses from the, from the, from the, from the, from the book of Psalms. Then there is from the prophet of Jeremiah, two amazing verses. The prophet Jeremiah, in the beginning of his prophecy, God told him, go to the Jewish people and tell them. What do you tell them? I remember to you your kindness when you were young. What does this mean? Give an example. A couple getting married, a young couple. The husband tells his wife, I have a dream. I'll go to Australia. I'll become a millionaire. I'll do this. There is so much opportunity, the land of opportunity, like people came in the, in the early 1900s to America. And they go, she knows nothing. She's a young girl. And he tells her, she asks him, you have a job? You have a job there? No. You have a house there? No. You have money to go there? No. What do you have? A dream. The only thing he has is a dream. And she has faith in him, and she goes after him all the way there. And Hashem helps him. He's successful. And he's making it big time. And they celebrate the 50th wedding anniversary with children and grandchildren, friends, family, in a big estate. And he's, he turns to her and he says, I'll never forget the kindness of your youth, that you believed in me in going after me to the middle of nowhere. And because of you, I'm successful. The same thing God compares us. We are the wife of God. God turns to the Jewish people. He says, I'll never forget. I will always remember when you were... When you went after me to Egypt, after out of Egypt, to the desert, you didn't ask, we're going to take food. God never told them there'd be a manna. Nobody knows what's going to be there. Water, they complained, of, they know what was water. We're going to take medication for the elderly. We're going to take diapers for the baby. Where are you going? Going where? <laughs> and the Jews had faith, and they went out of Egypt after God, no matter what. And God says to Jeremiah, Tell the Jewish people, no matter what I have against them, I'll never forget what they, what they, they, they trusted they had in me and they went out from Egypt and they were, and for always I'll remember this for them. That's in the beginning of the book of Jeremiah. Later, almost 40 chapters later, 30 chapters, 40 chapters later, it was, he sends Jeremiah on a mission. At that time, you, you know, there were two kingdoms of Israel, the kingdom of Judah, was the religious poor kingdom. And the kingdom of Israel, the 10 tribes, the lost 10 tribes, kingdom of Israel, were very successful, but all of them were idol worshippers. Most of them, let's put it this way. When Jeremiah was alive, it was already, the kingdom of Israel was already exiled, gone. There were left remnants here and there. Then God is sending Jeremiah on a mission to collect the remnants of the people from from this kingdom. They were called the kingdom of Ephraim because the leaders, the kings, were from the tribe of Ephraim. Mm. And God is sending him and tells him, so says God, Aben Yakir Li Ephraim, my beloved son Ephraim. Mm. He calls the idol worshippers. The people denied God for 300 years. Not for a week. For 300 years. Never went to the temple. Never went to Jerusalem. What he calls them, my beloved son Ephraim. Every time when I think about you, means you're my, you're my playboy child. Yelechashuim means my playboy. Mm. Not in the bad sense of the word, the playboy, you know, the playboy. Mm-hmm. Child that everybody, everybody loves to play with him. Yelechashuim. And whenever I talk about you, my kishkes turn around. Mm. That's what God says. About whom? 
about the most assimilated the Jews. They denied God for three, not for two years, for 300 years. And with this kind we are, and God says every time when I talk about you, I remember you. The same idea of remembering. Every time it's about remembering. Then we tell God on this prayer of remembrance, God, you remember the most assimilated Jews, Ephraim there, you love them, no matter what. Basically, the prayer is for us. That no matter where a Jew stands in his life, he thinks to himself, I'm not worthy that the guy said Ephraim, I didn't go about worship idols every Sunday, or every second day, I'm, then God remember me too. What means to remember? Elie Wiesel was busy with remembering. He was all about remembering, right? He had a very strong relationship with the Rebbe. In his early years, he came from, he came from Europe after the Holocaust. And he didn't want to get married. He used to have, used to have meetings of hours, three hours, four hours. That's, that's how long the meetings were. And he want, the Rebbe wanted to convince him to get married. The Rebbe knew then that this man is going to be a very, very famous man. And he was, he was loyal to the Rebbe and loved the Rebbe throughout, this, throughout his life. He, he, you remember he was by us. In any case, the, um, he tells them he, 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 he didn't want to get married. The Rebbe once writes him a letter. The Rebbe told him, you know, remembering in Judaism is a call for action. And God remembered Noah and he took him out from the ark. And God remembered the Jews and took him out from Egypt. It's not just, I remember you, you know, I remembered last week of your birthday. I didn't call you, but I remembered. You get even more insulted. Remembering is a call for action. And if we, the Rebbe told him, you have to do action to get married. You want to remember the Holocaust, do something about it. And he eventually got married and he has a son and he has grandchildren. Not long ago, they had a bar mitzvah and so on. Then we, we want God to take actions to remember us for good. We have to take an action. If we do a mitzvah, we remember God and we do a mitzvah. God in tunes, he remembers us and gives us a good deal.